It's time once again for Unprofessional. I am Lex Friedman, joined by the man who turned me on to My Little Pony, Dave Whiskus. Hi, Dave. What's up, Brony? <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> no. No. No, I'm uh, full of lies. And that he makes man, stuff up. That voice you just heard, that was Damien Kulash. Hi, Damien. How are you? I'm wonderful. And I'm, I was lost in the land of ponies for a moment there. That was really exciting. Thank you. <laughs> are, you are you a fan? Are you My Little Pony fan? Uh... It would be honest, dishonest for me to say yes, but I would like. <laughs> oh, well, I, then, know, by all means, I, I would. I, I have no problem with Little Ponies. <laughs> I don't have, especially one. if they're mine. Yeah, so friendship is magic. I did. You know, well, we did actually do a photo shoot for our last album. We did a photo shoot that involved a small horse, a miniature horse. It was not a pony. <laughs> it was a miniature horse. Like the idea, and, the, and you know the miniature horses get really picky about that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they prefer to be called little horses. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There, we wanted the photo shoot to be like you know. So before each album, you generally have to do a big photo shoot so that you've got you've got extra pictures every time there's a magazine that's like you know, wants to run something. So you go and you do you try to get like you know twenty shots or something. So you set up all these different things. For this one, we were like, we're just gonna be. It'll be like a normal photo shoot, except something will be wildly wrong with each picture. Like there will be a like the fifth member of the band will be a miniature horse, for instance. And <laughs> and so we had this miniature horse there, and um and my dogs went nuts. My dogs were on the photo shoot, and I've got this little tiny dog that's about it, like twelve pounds, and she actually thought that she could take on this. I don't know, probably a two hundred pound horse. It was, it, it, like I have some really good video of a tiny dog screaming at a at a well, a tiny horse. And how, how did the tiny horse take it? Tiny horse did not give a shit. Tiny horse was just like <laughs> tiny horse don't give a shit. So, but before we get too much further, Damien, tell tell the listeners any of whom don't already know will be severely punished. But tell the listeners who you are. Uh, my name is Damien Kulash. I'm the singer for a band called OK Go and. Um, and I do some other stuff. Nice. What kind of other stuff? I, uh, well, our band, our band does um, a lot of things. We, we, we make pretty crazy videos. I think that's the thing we're most famous for. We make, we're, we're those treadmill True. dudes. Um, <laughs> so See, normally Lex. on the show, I'm the treadmill dude. But I was thinking about this all week, that you are going to be the treadmill Wait. dude. I work at a treadmill desk. I work on a treadmill really? eight hours a day. Yeah. My God. And so I, I have always thought that we have a special <laughs> connection. How many miles do you walk in a day? Uh, today it was 12. It's anywhere between 10 and 16. You're like a highly healthy person, aren't you? No. that's. I mean, I take the treadmill desk as an excuse to eat more junk food because I'm like, well, I'm burning 4,000 extra calories today anyway. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I think I'm normally height, weight proportional, but I'm, I'm not super healthy. I do it be, instead of being healthy. Like instead of going to the gym or doing any kind of exercise, I just walk all day while I work. So what I do is I just walk around my building carrying my laptop all day. <laughs> Strapped around your neck? I do right. none of those things. <laughs> I, I, well, like, I, got no, I got no excuses. I got no walking around, period. How many times did you rehearse the treadmill video, though? Because I feel like that was probably a lifelong workout. Uh, that was about 10 days of rehearsal. Um, at, I, I probably did not. I, I'm sure you've outdone me already. Um, <laughs> but it, it has been a few years. I, being on stage is actually is super, super, uh, you know, like cardio intensive. There's a lot of, I mean, singing itself is, is pretty, takes a lot of energy, actually. I mean, if you're going to sing for an hour and a half and run around right. on stage and so forth. But I also think, by the way, that I count as some kind – I get some kind of award because the first time I saw you was 2001, and I feel like that's early. That is early, yeah. That's actually – I mean, were, that's about as early as it can be. We started touring maybe in 2000. I, we, the first shows we really played outside of Chicago were uh, with This American Life. Um, we were their backup band as they did a, a, a tour around, I think, in 2000. Um, but by 2001, we were touring pretty much full-time. And you were opening for They Might Be Giants, right? That's where I saw. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that is definitely early then. I don't think I saw you guys until uh, you played the Beer Bash at WWDC a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, we did do that. <laughs> um, I, we, you I, may I, recall. I didn't know what I didn't I didn't know it was called a Beer Bash until just yeah, now. Yeah. But um, the WWDC is coming back up again, right? Yes. I know this because we are now app developers. Um, we released our first app last week. Um, and, <laughs> and nobody noticed. Yeah, and nobody knows. No, it was, it, it, it's amazing. It was so, it, you know, it was an editor's pick uh, at, on, at the App Store, and we've had, we're between four and 500,000 users now in the first week. 
Wow. And I first of all, I have to say two things. One, it's a good game and people should go get it. It's um it's called Say the Same Thing, right? Yes, it is called Say the Same Thing, which leaves very little to the imagination. That's and then the even better though. Well, not even better. I mean, it's a fun game. I, I keep turning people onto it. I'm a fan of word games and I'm a fan of like silly games, and this is both. But it also has really good uh, music for the in-game notifications and the push notification things. Like you get as, guitar as you would chords. expect. You right. should you, you should actually thank Propellerheads for that. Those are those most of that stuff comes from you know the the software suite Reason the Propellerheads Reason. Yeah. Most of that yeah. stuff is directly out of Reason. Ah. They have a they have a pack called Soul School, and we do love soul music. It's pretty soulful. Yeah, it's very soulful. So yeah, it's a game. It, the game. For people who don't know either our band or the game, the game has nothing to do with the band. There's no uh, – it's not about our music. It's not about our videos. There's no, like, tour dates. or It's, you know, most bands who release apps are doing it as some sort of promotional stunt for their band. And this actually – we saw this more as, like, the same reason we would write a song, which is to give people some awesome experience that makes them happy – we decided we would make an app, and it, we would make a game app that is an awesome experience and makes people happy. What a lofty goal. <laughs> right. Well, when you, to get into making a game, I feel like you must also be a person who enjoys games. What kind of games do you play that you don't make? I really like untimed games. I really like uh, Trism. You know Trism? I remember Trism. That was like one of the first big iOS games. Yeah. Yeah, well, I still play it all the time. And Trism and Hexic, which is, I think, on Xbox... One one of the Xboxes, um, the studio <laughs> where we where we do our records, uh, like you know, we work from twelve to to midnight usually while we're recording, and once you get done at midnight, it's like you know, absolutely not listening to music. I'm absolutely not doing anything with my brain, and so I'll sit down in front of the video game thing and play Trism, and it's a it's a sorry, play Hexic, which is a, it's like a there's a hexagon that you have to spin to make colors line up and blah, blah, blah. But basically, I like those kinds of games. I like non-stressful games. I don't like time-based things where I, where I, I leave with more anxiety than I read. I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> with you on those. Like, I, can't do, I can't handle first-person shooters for that reason. I can't do most uh, – I don't think I've ever done online multiplayer with my Xbox. I just can't handle it. Uh, yeah, I don't. I I when I was a kid, I had a Commodore sixty four, and I liked to play uh, River Raid. That's about as far as it got with <laughs> with blowing shit up. Like, I, I mean, I I you know, I am a, a a an aggressively nonviolent person, if that even makes any sense. Um, like I I I, I don't find I, I don't get any joy in the sort of blow up factor of things. So so right. first, first person shooters have never been my thing particularly. See, I have I have two issues with first person shooters. One is that, like you, I'm not interested in in shooting at things, and I just feel bad about all the destruction and and life devastation. I worry about Hippie. the the bad guys' families. But then I also <laughs> with right, right. with three any 3D game, like even for me, like and when people got so excited about Super Mario 64, I can't. I can't play it. It's like my brain can't handle it. It's partially a bad sense of direction and just feeling like I'm constantly literally lost as I'm walking around these 3D worlds and I can't find my way anywhere. But I also just, I have a hard time seeing that synthetic 3D effect on a 2D screen. I'm just bad at it. I, so I you like to stick to games like Hangman. No, I I like I like your I like the Madden. That's basically what I play. I play Madden and Mario Kart. Those are my games. His favorite iOS game is Calculator. Yeah, it's a good one. You know, you can make it say um, boobies if you do it upside down. <laughs> uh, there, uh, I, I don't – I have a similar thing. I don't like – I think it's sort of the uncanny valley is what it is. It Like the closer these games get to feeling sort of real, the more um, unhappy I am that they're not real. Huh. That 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 when you're, when you're like looking around in a 3D space and it's not – and it like sh- – doesn't shift with with your expectations right it, it just makes me feel claustrophobic like I, there's i actually have the same thing we, we've been asked a lot of times to do um 360 degree videos you know there's all these 360 degree cameras now and you you know you can shoot these incredible things and then a user can or you know a viewer can then watch on their they can pick which direction they want to watch while they're watching your video and that's it, while it's a you know incredible technology, it sort of ruins the video making aspect because you can no longer curate what people are watching. You know. Well, there's another side of that, which is if you've got, let's say, it's the band, yeah, the 360 degree shot of the band. 
is there any kind of like analytics you could do where you could see who's getting the most attention? Because right. that could that could mess stuff up too. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I imagine there are analytics for that. But I <laughs> as a as a viewer, actually, like when I watched the 360 videos, I know that there's that you know I'm I'm watching maybe you know 90 degrees, so there's there's 270 I'm not seeing, and it just makes it, again it leaves me with more anxiety than I came with you know because i'm 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 like but is somebody doing something really awesome behind me right now you know it's like the choose your own adventure books i had to read all of the endings really did you yeah i because i couldn't i couldn't stand going through like did i choose wrong right no i would hold my fingers in all the different pages and i would have to keep going back and figuring out what what the other storylines were because i wasn't i wasn't going to miss out on it i have enough anxiety about my choices in life i don't need them in a book too can you do that in your life too have you actually like have you been like i will marry you but Mark this moment because <laughs> we may come back. Let's uh, take a snapshot and then we'll come back if I don't yeah. like the marriage. That would be a really great premise for a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Okay. If you say so. <laughs> you don't. You disagree? You don't think that'd make a good movie? No, it could. I, really, I'll tell you the truth. I was distracted because I was thinking about my, my six-year-old who was a precocious reader who the first time she saw a Choose Your Own Adventure book immediately understood what she was supposed to do. But she was like... No, I'm not going to do that. And so she read it from front to back, which, of course, makes no sense at all. Wow. And I was just thinking about how weird that is and whether I wanted to tell the story or not. I decided yes, by the way. Did oh, she enjoy well, it? Like, yeah. is, is that an art project or is that a poem? <laughs> it probably read like a Charlie Kaufman script. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my daughter is, is, I think, a young Charlie Kaufman. Literally, uh, just two days before we recorded this, we were in the car together and she said, Daddy, I'm going to pretend that... I live in a world where it's impossible to pretend, where I want to pretend that it's impossible to pretend, but I can't because it's impossible to pretend. So I believe that my daughter is Charlie Kaufman. That's pretty deep, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. We were both really high at the time. Yeah, I was going to say, that's <laughs> the joint, man. <laughs> well, it was after eight. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. A reference I just now realized nobody's going to get. Yeah, no. It's, it, I, we started We started our, our pre-show discussion uh, explaining that I'm allowed to have an alcoholic drink now because it's after eight. I'm going to break the rules for a second. And I want to ask you one work related question just because I'm curious and I'm fearful that you must get this question all the time, which makes it even worse of me. Where do you get your ideas? No. (laughs) What percentage of fans are fans of the band enough that they, you know, they know and love you, but inattentive enough that they don't realize that the person lip syncing the lyrics in your in your videos isn't always you so that the person who's lip syncing isn't always the actual lip syncer do does everybody know or are people frequently confused do they seem surprised in concert when it's you singing i i don't i don't know i wish i had a good answer for you i don't know how many people get it wrong it's certainly less than it used to be i mean it um after the you know the treadmill video came out i think in 2006 um and you know, basically, we assumed, like everybody else, that that meant we were now a one-hit wonder. I mean, when something, <laughs> when something is that huge that quickly, um, and especially for like such ridiculous reasons, you know, you you kind of know that's what's going to be on your tombstone, and everything else you do is <laughs> not going to be on your tombstone. And and so, as far as tombstone messages go, though, here it goes. You know, not <laughs> here a terrible. Goes, yeah, message. like. Treadmill dude says, colon. <laughs> um, but so, you know, we, we decided at that point basically to – that we could either go like the sort of Radiohead route and go like, like oh, we hate that song. We're never playing that again, you know, and, and try to out – you know, be too cool for the success of something um, or embrace like why it had succeeded, which was that it was ridiculous. It was unexpected. It was joyful. And it, it, you know, it wasn't trying to be cool, you know, like it, it was, uh, it was playing in a space that most people don't play in, you know, that, that was when YouTube wasn't a, you know, a, a, a enormous company. And before there were Madison Avenue firms that, you know, that would sell you quote unquote, a viral video. And, and so we realized like, you know, okay, so we'll just double down. We'll just like, we'll make more crazy videos. We'll make more crazy stuff in general. Like let's. Let's just you know, let's stop trying to make things for the industry that we're in and just start making things that we think are awesome. And you know, a lot of those are videos. Obviously, this week we released our app, and we've been doing art projects. And you know, there's just it, it, we you know we sort of chase the things we want to chase. And 
you know, right after that moment, yes, Tim, Tim, like the fact that Tim was lip syncing in that video and I was singing on stage was incredibly surprising to people. I, uh, <laughs> I, I love that. I think that within a year or two, five, you know, I don't know, within, it's now been, what, five or seven years, um, like, you know, the people who have stuck around long enough to watch more than one of the things we've made start to get the, you know, sort <laughs> start of to point. figure it out. You're, you're coming a minute ago about uh, either the Radiohead thing of we hate the song, we're never going to play it, or just embracing it. Uh, that That's incredibly interesting to me. And it's funny, you see the bands who have the one big hit song, and they'll get up on stage, you can tell they just hate playing it. Yeah. And I, I don't know, for me, if, if I had a hit song, I would just embrace it. Well, you say that now. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, do you, do you really get tired of playing it? Do you really get tired of hearing it? Uh, yes, but I am, uh, but I happen to be one of the embracers. So like, uh, uh, yes, I, I get, I mean, I don't know the lyrics to most of our songs anymore because it, <laughs> when we play them live, they just happen. Like it's, it's muscle memory, you know? Right. right. And if we haven't played for a month or so and, and I actually have to think about what I'm going to say, like what, what's going to come out of my mouth, I can't do it. Like, like they, I actually don't know any of the lyrics to our songs until I just start playing <laughs> and then they come out. And, yeah, I'm the same way. And I still feed off the crowd. Like, it's really exciting to, you know, like when people get really excited about a song, then I'm really excited about a song. But I, like, I d- definitely do not like listening to our, our records, you know. Um, every once in a while, I get, I get, I, it's, I will be at a bar or, you know, in a shopping mall or something, and one of our songs will come on, and I won't know it's us. I'll, I'll hear it. I'll be like, oh, I kind of like this song. And then, and then I'll be wish like, I'd written that. Oh wait, that's us. And then, and then I realize that okay, so I, I, I genuinely don't hate our music because if I can hear it and not know it's us and think I like it, then I then probably I like it, you know. Um, but if if you know, like if I'm at a friend's house and they put on our record, it's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, absolutely not. It's just like you know, it's like listening to yourself on a answering machine or, or or like reading your college term papers again. You know, it's it's not. It's <laughs> just like that's the past. When it does come on. Do you only hear like things you would do differently now, or is it just that it's just awkward to listen to yourself? It's awkward to listen to yourself. Try, uh, boy, I would. I, there's, it, it, there's like a character that you are when you're singing a song. You know, it is it is yourself, but it is still a version of yourself. You know, it's like, uh, I mean. I was just about to say, do you think Elliot Smith was actually sad every day of his life? And then I realized, actually, probably Elliot Smith was <laughs> yeah, sad. Yeah, probably. Day of his life. But there, you know, like, um, you know, like Elvis Costello will sing a ballad and then he'll sing Pump It Up. And, and, and when he's singing the ballad, he's being a different Elvis Costello than he is when he's singing Pump It Up, right? And, right. and so when I hear a version of me from five years ago, trying to be an emotion it's just it's again it's sort of uncanny valley it's like i'm yeah. not hearing myself i'm hearing someone who's trying to be me you know and then I, <laughs> or even more literally like ben folds he does he writes in character a lot yeah but he'll name his characters in the song yes right yeah i am always amused when artists and bands name themselves in creative ways and then fail to see or fail to anticipate how annoying it will be to get associated that way. I'm sp- I'm thinking specifically of Hootie and the Blowfish. You call yourself <laughs> Hootie and the Blowfish, and then you get mad for the rest of your life when people call you Hootie, and I really feel like all you have to blame is yourself. You can't call your band Hootie and the Blowfish if you don't want to be identified as the front man as Hootie. That's I, think, I think there's a line. I think that sometimes you make a decision that seems funny and <laughs> it just wears on you over time because the joke gets old. Yeah, I mean, I think generally people who wind up hating that stuff are really, really lucky because they're they're like they were making a joke when the thing happened in the first place. They're like, let's call ourselves like you know, fuckstick, and then <laughs> and then and then later they're like, oh my god, fuckstick got really popular. You know, like it's like a complete accident that their joke became popular. You know. Like I always think about that. If the Beatles hadn't been great, their name would have been embarrassingly bad. Dave Grohl said that he, if he had known how popular the band would be, he wouldn't have called it Foo Fighters. I, I I'm with both of those statements. I, the Beatles is one of the worst <laughs> names ever. I mean, they're they're, they're definitely yes. the best band ever, but they're that it's a terrible terrible name. You know? And it, I really it's like thought I, or something. Not many, <laughs> yes, not many people seem to love uh, Tom Hanks movie. That thing you do. Um, which I think is an awesome movie. The but, Wonders. Right. Well, so the, where he has them called The Wonders and they keep getting miscalled as the O'Neaters. We played um, 
I know I'm not supposed to talk about work, but we played. Pre- <laughs> We're having a hard time not. Yeah, we played at uh, President Obama's birthday party, his 50th birthday party, and <laughs> wow, well, and, humble brag. Yeah, exactly. No, but he and so he came out afterwards to thank the three bands that had played, which it, it was uh, there. It, it was Jennifer Hudson, Herbie Hancock, and us. And of course, our name, if you're not, you know, if you don't know you're reading a band name, it's just two, you know, it's OK Go or like just two words you see all the time. So someone had helpfully, parenthetically after that, put a description of us. So he came out and said, like, <laughs> thank you, OK Go Band. <laughs> uh, it was so good. It was like, you know, I, I think, and he was like, he was like Herbie Hancock, who's, you know, one of my favorite all time musicians. And of course, OK Go Band. <laughs> uh, so funny. <laughs> Which is, by the way, not a terrible band name. Yeah, OK Go Band. It's not too bad. <laughs> right? And that's got to that's gotta be impressive to your parents, at least, that you, know, you, you, were, you had your band name sort of messed up by the president yeah he actually had gotten it right before that actually we we, we also did it dur- during his uh campaign for his his first term he was giving a speech at a university in wyoming where we happened to be playing the same night so he asked us to come you know be you know fellow chicago musicians on stage with him or whatever and so he there's actually on youtube somewhere there's him being like thank you okay go and he got it right that time <laughs> But you know, five you years do not later. do a, a a bad Obama, by the way. I feel like mine sounds a little bit southern and a, and way too white. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go too black, then you're in a dangerous. Yeah, that's true. It's zone. better. It's better to go too white with him. I there was <laughs> you were you were saying um, you learning people's voices and their and their faces and being right there. Um, Oh gosh, what's his name? A comedian that that died a few years ago. Super, 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 super funny. Um, gonna... You are referring to uh, I know exactly. You mean the, the one who had a, a long time drug problem? Yes, I was. I was going to say Mitch Hedberg. Mitch yes. Hedberg, exactly. That is you he. win. And and he actually, in fact, he has the joke, which is uh, I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to also. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, he, I remember the. Fr- I heard him before I saw him, and I thought he was hilarious. Still, do think he's hilarious. But then saw, then like went on YouTube and watched some, and it was, and and I found his visual person just like destructive to the humor. Interesting. Really. Not only because he-, he was white, which I didn't think he was from his delivery, but. <laughs> But also because he was sort of trying to be. I know there's something about him that was like it, it spoke all sorts of cultural signifiers. You know, he was like a he right. like wore a type of jacket and sunglasses. I mean, it's like he was a character in of a type that that his voice was not. Did you ever see his really early stuff where he wasn't doing the character? I don't think so. No, is it great? It's really weird, and it's it's just some guy. It's like watching some guy get up and do Mitch Hedberg's material, having only ever read it. So the character, so that whole like slurred guy, that was a yeah. put on, huh? Yeah, the, like almost kind of has like maybe brain damage or something. No, that's all character for him, or at least there was a transition. <laughs> there was a time before it was his reality, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I, I won't was... say that it was 100 percent character, but I will say that there was a time when he did not sound like that. Well, the version I'm thinking of does not have brain damage, but I. But then again, maybe <laughs> your brain's just a lot better than mine. It, but there is that sort of like. You know, he's sort of laughing at himself the whole time. Right. My favorite funny person to see out of character is Gilbert Gottfried. I've never seen him out of character. Does he not do the voice? He he doesn't do the voice. I've he's, always assumed that was just his natural speaking voice. He doesn't squint. Really? He can be totally yeah. He can be totally normal and still very funny. I understand you, why he sticks with it, but he can he's normal. How do you even come up with that character? I'm gonna I'm just gonna scream and squint. That's gonna be my thing. Have you ever met Teller? I have no, met Teller. No. Because guess what? Teller talks. Yeah, but not talking. That that I get. Squinting and screaming? That's a, that's a, <laughs> it's seems like a weird true. character to come up with. Yeah, good point. Well, speaking of not talking, let's all not talk to each other for a moment and instead acknowledge this episode's fine, fine sponsors. That was, that was slick. That was... <laughs> man, you are a pro. <laughs> I don't want to talk about your job too much because I know we're not allowed to, but you just did your job great style. <laughs> So, Dave, two sponsors today, if you can believe that. I love it when we have two sponsors. 
Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, the first one is from a little company you might know called Microsoft, and it's for Windows Azure Mobile Services. Uh, if you're a developer and you haven't heard of or started using Windows Azure, you're making a huge mistake, and we're going to fix it for you right now. Let's solve that problem. So Windows, Windows Azure Mobile Services makes it faster and easier to build a cloud-connected iOS app. Uh, I don't know if any of you who have tried to make cloud-connected iOS apps have apps in the past have ever tried to use something called iCloud, but I hear it's unpleasant. <laughs> so mobile services from Windows uh, takes care of the glue necessary for storing data in the cloud, it takes care of things like authenticating users, whether it's via Facebook or Twitter, it helps you. It takes care of sending push notifications. I have literally written the code for sending push notifications using APNS and fought with it and battled with it and sworn and been angry and full of hate. And uh, Windows Azure instead takes all the pain away. You just say, hey, Windows, send this push notification. And it does. You make it sound like the old way is the path to the dark side. Oh, it's, it was horrible. It was my least favorite thing about building an app, besides the fact that nobody bought my app. But so, <laughs> I bought your app. I appreciate that. But configuring push notifications gets complex quickly. With mobile services, adding push to your iOS app is as simple as typing push.apns.send and specifying the device token and the payload you want to send to it. So if you are looking to build an iOS app or to connect an app you already have built, take a look at Windows Azure Mobile Services. You can get started today for free. Here's where you're going to go. You're going to go to www.windowsazure.com slash iOS. Again, it's www.windowsazure.com slash iOS. And uh, I just want to be clear. I would not say the www unless it was important. In this case, it is. So uh, go there. Check it out. Go to www.windowsazure.com slash iOS because uh, anybody who has dealt with the pain of cloud syncing, push notifications, login, etc. Uh, should be looking for a better, easier way. And believe it or not, Microsoft has it for you. And the interesting thing about Microsoft Azure is that you get some things with Azure that you can't get from iCloud. And I won't make any jokes about stability or usefulness, <laughs> but you, you get things like if you want to, uh, if you want to have authentication data storage that you can use on platforms that aren't just apples. Right. So you can go it. between devices and yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're doing like sync between an Android app, a windows app and a, an iOS app, you can't do that with iCloud. Yeah, but you can with Windows Azure mobile Absolutely. services. So check those guys out. Guess who else we have today? I'm going to guess uh, Ford. Oh, you are so close. All right. You tell me. Smile. Oh, well, you know what? That was close because they're both excellent. That is both the name of the other sponsor and an instruction to you. <laughs> I want you to smile, Lex. I'm smiling right now. I can hear it. You're beaming over Skype. Yes, I am. Which, uh, which, which smile app do we even want to talk about today? The thing is, they're all great. They are. And I love, I love PDF Pen. I'm a huge PDF Pen fan. Uh, but they've got a ton of stuff. Text Expander, you're a huge fan of. Right. I don't even know where to start. They just make so much great stuff, and they do so many great things. I don't know where to begin. Well, tell, 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 you said that you love PDF Pen. Tell me, do you love the iPhone one? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. I mean, I also love it on the Mac, but I especially love it on the, the phone because anytime. Okay, here's a, here's a here's a kind of a story. Years and years ago, I ran a website dedicated to well, let's call it fucking off, and I wound up getting interviewed by the Wall Street Journal about using technology to to slack off at work. The stuff that I was talking about at the time, I mean, this was years ago, were things like being able to use like my handspring visor to log into a shell console and whatever. So I've always been a big fan of anything that lets me do work when I'm not sitting at my desk. I don't think it's so much about laziness as it is. I want to be able to do things wherever I am, and I don't want to be confined. I'm sure. I'm, I'm not animal. You can't cage me in, man. No, I can't. And so to be able to take PDF pen on my phone, I'm let's say I'm at the I'm at the store. I'm at the beach. That sounds great. And you have something you need me to sign. I can just do it. That is amazing. That's the future. And it's you know if Apple built a PDF manipulation app for the iPhone. I feel like it would look a whole lot like PDF pen does. They've got the same document user. You know, you can sync with iCloud and Dropbox and everything else. And it's, it's just good. It has all the features you want. It makes them work on that little tiny screen. It's, I mean, it's killer. Apple's preview app on the Mac has that, uh, has like annotation tools and you can do the signature thing. PDF pen on both the Mac and iOS just beats the crap out of that. That's true. It's true. You, Way you more say, powerful. You say what, what Apple would do. I say better than what Apple has done. You're right. You're, you're, you're right, especially if you've ever tried to you know, fill out a PDF that doesn't have fields built into it using Preview. It's just so oh, it's much awful. work. 
PDF pen on the Mac, not 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 work. Just effortless. Yeah. It is it is all of the things we had wished Adobe Acrobat would have been. So <laughs> and uh, so much more. So for Smile, to look at all of Smile's apps, go to smilesoftware.com slash unpro. And listen, when you check out at Smile on the web, when you buy, if you buy one of their Mac apps and you're checking out, they have a thing that says, where did you hear about this? Make sure you put in unprofessional there too so that they, they know that we sent you. Yeah, because uh, we love them and they love us and we want them to know that you also love them. And us. Right. Right. It all ties together. Anyway, so thanks to Microsoft and to Smile for sponsoring, and uh, check them both out. And while you're at it, uh, go visit us at Twitter, app.net, or Facebook, all slash unprofesh. Or at unprofesh.com. Is that on the internet? I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. If it's not, let me know. I will, but in the meantime, what say we get back to the show? Let's. I recently was reminded of my of my babysitter Gladys when I was a child and how she could call me Damon. Good boy Damon. <laughs> and how she hated my sister and called her bad girl Tisha. Um, <laughs> uh, my grandparent, my both of my grandfathers were, were notable. My one, one of my grandfathers invented the modern fish stick and my other grandfather uh, discovered a species of click beetle. Well, I'm confused for a second. Was there a pre-modern fish stick? Yeah. What what was the difference in the the old school fish stick before we got into the the modern fish stick? So before the modern era fish stick wise, we people <laughs> we'll call it we'll call it BFS. People ate frozen fish. That did happen. They even would eat frozen breaded fish. But if you wanted to package frozen breaded fish, you would have to like put you know, like six or seven pieces, in, you know, however many pieces would kind of get close to the weight that you set on the box. My grandfather came along and discovered a the, the biochemical reaction by which you can chop up a whole bunch of fish and freeze them into a shape, and then when you heat them up, they don't lose that shape. So that means you can make sticks, like actual fish sticks as opposed to fish parts. Um so <laughs> was this part of his job or was this like a hobby? This was part of his job. He worked for General Foods. I'm imagining him toiling away in a, like a laboratory. In his he was toiling away in a laboratory, but he was toiling away in a laboratory at General Foods, which was he was a he was a uh, biochemist and then, you know, went off to war in World War Two and came back to work for General Foods, which was, you know, giant food corporation. So I was thinking more like breaking bad with fish. I, I wish it had been that way. He was kind of like, well, he wasn't kind of like that, but he was really <laughs> into food stuff. And in fact, so he got a patent for fish sticks, but when he was working at General Foods, so the patent belonged to General Foods, and then they didn't do anything with it. They didn't think it was marketable, so he actually left to start a fish stick company thereafter, um, and then wound up competing with General Foods, who once he did well, decided, oh, that's a great idea, and you know, he didn't make a lot of fish sticks. He did get really into... <laughs> All, like fish, I'm sorry, uh, food technology in general. So there was like, he always had a soft serve machine in his house. He had a he had a donut maker that couldn't make fewer than twelve dozen donuts in a single batch. Wow! So you couldn't be like, I'd like a donut. You had to get 144 donuts. <laughs> See, that's always my problem with. I mean, we have like a six donut maker, so we don't have that specific donut problem. But my problem <laughs> with popcorn is that I, I only want – I want like two handfuls of popcorn. And what I want is the matter with made, you? But... Nobody wants two handfuls of popcorn. That's the problem with popcorn is that everybody wants to eat it, like eat it and eat it well, and well, eat no, it and that's, eat it. That's just why I want to make two handfuls because if I make the whole thing – like because we have the, you know an old-fashioned popper that my wife got me for my birthday one year and you have to fill it up to the right line. You do that, you get like two bags of popcorn. But it's not like I'm going to stop eating after a normal amount of popcorn. I'm going to eat all the fucking popcorn. So I want to make just two handfuls so that I'm forced to stop, but I can't do that. You know what I really, if we're wishing for things, what I really wish for (laughs) is (laughs) self-control. Yep, that would be great. Like Halloween candy. You buy those bags of Halloween candy. I can't eat one Reese's peanut butter cup. I will eat one pound of Reese's peanut butter cup. Yeah, no, you don't. There's where it is. When you say you buy those bags, you just don't buy those bags. You can't buy those bags because there's no no not eating those bags. I agree. That's why uh, children in my neighborhood hate me. Yeah. (laughs) Do you give out nothing on Halloween? No, I live in a building where you need a code to get in anyway. There's no kids here. There's nobody to trick or treat. I've never so gotten enough. They hate you for other reasons. Well, they probably would, but they, they don't actively. Uh, two great facts about uh, fish sticks, by the way. 
Are you Wikipediaing uh, fish sticks now? I have nothing to admit on that topic. But um, in the United Kingdom after World War II, there was a glut of herring, which, by the way, would be another good name for a band if anyone out there knew. Glut of herring. A, glut of herring. Um, but so a, a fellow by the name of Clarence Birdseye test marketed herring That is fish not his fingers, real name. And he called them herring savories. So just so you know, Clarence Birdseye in the UK with herring savories after having learned of fish sticks in the United States. After having learned of my grandfather's invention, thank you very much, Clarence. That's right. Yeah. Clarence totally ripped your grandfather oh, off. And well, his name is so much better than I said because his real name is Clarence Frank Birdseye II. Oh, my God. Whoa. Wait, There's the second? First. Wait, do you know what that means? Also, that see, I'm, I'm a junior. I'm Damien Joseph Kulash Jr. And my understanding is that you're a junior if you have an identical name and you're a second if you have some part of it that is different. So that means his father was Clarence something else, Birdseye. He wasn't that was not, That's totally not my understanding. I thought, and you probably are right, especially as a junior, but I thought it was if it's just your father, then you're the junior. But as soon as you have a descendant whom you also named Damien, boom, now you're the second because he's got to be the third. Well, there's a big pressure for me to do that. But, but Martin Luther King, you know, like, what's he going to become third after he's dead? You can't do that. I mean, second, <laughs> sorry, second. Yeah. Right. No, that's a good point. You know, if you die, well, I think if you're well, that famous, you have then you're just dies, right? junior. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna hang on to the name. No, you're, but that's not gonna cruel. retroactively that's, change your name. That, but that's super cruel to your descendants because, like, that that's sort of like being like, guys, you're just not important enough to. Your father was way more important. He gets to keep the junior. Your third doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I mean, you're recycling a name for the second time, so. I, well, see, here, as a junior, my desire to maybe name a child the same name actually is, is, a, is an homage to my father. I'm, I'm a big, big fan of my parents, and, uh, and if I were to name a child, it would not be after myself. It would be after my father. Ah, uh, I like that. You know? You know, there's something, there's something logistically sound about the idea of junior if it's literally the same name, second if there's a difference. My grandfather was John something Whiskus. My dad was John Ray Whiskus, or is, I guess. Uh, so I guess he wouldn't have been junior, but could have been John Whiskus the second. Yeah, he could. He could have been two point oh. Which my I was supposed to be the third, and my mom vetoed that. So thanks, mom. <laughs> my, would you um, have my, Would you have preferred to have a Roman numeral in your name for the rest of your life? I um, I'm already considering just adopting the Esquire. You, so that's any, not a any extra stuff I can add at the end of my name, I'm totally okay. With. That would, to do the Esquire, you have to be a lawyer in Britain. No, or, you can you can just add it. That's the great thing about Esquire. See, I have a, a buddy, an internet friend, really, named John Hargrave, and he really wanted to be knighted. He wanted to be Sir John Hargrave, and he wrote to the to the Queen and requested knighthood and was denied. Uh, <laughs> did, so did, he did, legally... Wait, they wrote back? They did write back. Wow. Well, you know, like on Buckingham Palace stationery saying no. But I would frame that. He legally changed his name. So his first name is now Sir, his middle name is John, and his last name is Hargrave. So he is now Sir John Hargrave. Can you guys hear my dog freaking out over here? There's, there's a, it's summertime in New York City where I am, and that means that people start shooting off fireworks. And my dogs, they hate fireworks, and they are freaking we don't hear any dogs. Or yeah, at least I don't, I don't hear, hear any dogs. Well, they're and just they're panting. They don't bark. They, they're you know they, what, now they just hide in closets and get in, you know at some point. Dora oh, the will fearful the freaking. Yeah, yeah, fearful freaking. They really hate this. This is the worst thing that could happen for them. Yeah. See, my dog doesn't mind fireworks and she doesn't mind thunder. I don't know what it is. She You're lucky. Care. You're lucky on that front. I, I they're both they're L, they're both street dogs from Los Angeles, and I wonder if it's like because, from the hood. Yeah, from the hood. Um, I and I wonder if they're. If it's because there's no thunder in L.A., so they just never grew up with it at all? Oh, maybe. What kind of dogs are they? Uh, tiny brown, medium black. <laughs> like, I mean, one, one of them is, I mean, you know, they're both, they're both infinite mixes of stuff. But one of them is kind of like, kind of looks like a Jack Russell Chihuahua type of thing. Um, and the other one okay. looks like a Black Lab type of thing. Um, oh, okay. In fact, Bunny, you can see Bunny, Bunny, the little one, is in our dog video. We have a, a video that, that is a choreographed dog dance, and she's she's actually in that video. My it's tiny a, dog is uh, an Italian greyhound. She's about 10 pounds. Your dogs could probably beat up my dog. My dogs could probably beat her up, but they wouldn't be able to catch her because she's fast, <laughs> right? Yes, she's very, very fast. Yeah, my dogs are not fast. My dog is very slow. You don't have a dog. Well, he died, so he is very slow. That, yeah, that Wait. puts you real slow. 
Way that was my it down, Lex. Well, he was my diabetic dog. I gave him two injections of insulin a day for years and years. How long did he make it? Uh, well, he was a Maltese, and a diabetes diagnosis shortens their life expectancy from about 12 to about six years, and he made it about six years. Okay. He was on the insulin injections for three and a half of those years, and they had to be 12 hours apart. You got plus or minus one hour. So you could do them 11, you could do them 13 hours apart, but nothing more, nothing less. Oh, man. So it really was like a serious, hardcore life adjustment to make sure that you were always home at time. Like the morning was easy because we did it during breakfast, but you always had to make sure you were home at the right time to do the shot. Wow. Did, uh, I, I mean, it's a pretty morbid and evil question, but did, you, did he pass because you missed... no one has ever asked that question Uh, i was thinking it no he did not we didn't miss any it's like having a kid with special needs i think it's even worse because (laughs) i mean if it's a kid with special needs that's that's like you know blood you're you're gonna do everything you can instinctively for a dog i think at a certain point after a number of years i love my dog but after six years there's gonna be that voice in the back of my head like well i don't have to go straight home after the movie (laughs) terrible and but charlie was my first pet, my parents hate animals, so I never had any pets growing up. So, you know, my wife and I got him like two months before we got married, maybe less. And, um, but he would love the shots. When he heard you tearing open the cellophane on a new needle, he would come running because he knew he always got a treat after the shot. So he looked forward to it. That's and I only drew blood up. like 10 times over three something years. So that's not bad. Like unintentionally made him bleed while doing the injection as well. I had to take little Bunny's temperature. The small one's named Bunny, um, and uh, I had to take her temperature last week when she had a sickness. Um, the fun way. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. only one way to take a dog's temperature, as far as I know, <laughs> and uh, which is go to the vet and run away screaming. That was my plan. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I I feel like we know each other better now. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Charlie always used to do the saddest whimper when the vet would take his temperature, which I could understand. My dog, Pixel, when the vet takes her temperature, she just gets this look on her face like, whoa, wait, I'm not okay with this. <laughs> yeah, there's this just, it's like a total, um, it, it, it's like, it's the confusion of like logically out of bounds, you know, like where we are now, like, it's not just uncomfortable, that cannot have just happened. <laughs> You know? Well, she does this thing. We we learned that if you give her a treat, right, as you insert the thermometer, she just kind of doesn't mind. She has this. She adopts an attitude of, "I'm not totally okay with this, but as long as I'm getting treats, I'm going to let you do it." Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> Reminds me of my first girlfriend. I don't know. I, I was really. Yeah. No. Because <laughs> we were gonna. That was about to get really interesting. <laughs> that would have been such a great story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was going to be a really good story. He liked to take her temperature. Uh, yeah, or or you got to know each other in a very a, a, a very advanced carnal way. <laughs> <laughs> is there any carnal way that isn't advanced? I don't know. Well, I feel like this there's a pretty quickly. there's a pretty standard base running uh, metaphor that happens for children in the U.S. You know, um, and I don't think that anal temperature taking is one of the bases. <laughs> uh, that's know, the, fair. I, I it's I don't know if everybody agrees on what getting to first and second and third base is, but I'm pretty sure that everybody agrees that 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 anal temperature like, is not one of them. Right. I like that you made it sort of an American thing because now I'm feeling like, well, if you take her temperature anally, that's cricket, <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. Well, no, but I'm, it's, I'm it's guessing, some un-American sport. I mean, I'm it's, guessing it's more like billiards. <laughs> you know, where do they play cricket? They play cricket in South Africa and like Thailand or something, right? Like so. <laughs> Sounds in like. Australia, as we we learned recently. Yeah. So I mean, I, I I'm sure that they don't. They, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they do say I got to first base, but I bet you they're like, they're like, oh man, I went out with that chick and I totally knocked down the wickets. <laughs> yes, that could totally happen. Maybe it's one wicket down or two. I don't know. I, I right. went to I, I I went to school in in um, in Namibia for a semester when I was in high school. Who didn't? Yeah. This, they no, make uh, video cards, right? No, that's close. You're close, Dave. So I learned to play cricket for that one, you know, four month period of time, and I forgot how to play cricket. I don't remember how to play cricket anymore. Not well enough to uh, draw a diagram for which thing might equal which sex act. Exactly. I can't. I cannot. I, I can't like expand upon the metaphor for you guys. I do know that there's wickets involved and that you're allowed to hit the ball in any direction. So maybe there. I suppose it could be a more sort of 
gender friendly game you know like they probably don't have the same kind of homophobia problems you know because people hit the ball whichever direction they feel like well, good for them yeah exactly it's very forward thinking it's not they don't have switch hitters so to speak they just have people who smack the ball in whatever fucking direction they want <laughs> as long as they're enjoying smacking the balls exactly. <laughs> it's weird yes as long as they're enjoying smacking the balls. <laughs> i was gonna try to go in a golf direction but i got nothing I I was just thinking that maybe you're going to try to lift us out of the gutter, but instead you smack the balls. So, well, speaking I, of speaking of smacking the balls and and the gutter, I really want to understand <laughs> the evolutionary reasoning behind kinks in general. Because I don't I, many things I oh, can understand. Like sexual I can kinks, I know not the band, the kinks. right? <laughs> both. I want to know both. But yeah, sexual kinks. Like, I, you know, is there an evolutionary reason that people get into feet or spanking or I don't know? Probably the same evolutionary reason why people like exotic food. Because it's Which different. Is? Imagination. We just want to, it's, it's in our nature to explore, to try new things. Yeah, but I mean, see, I feel like if that were it, then there would be more people. Then there wouldn't be so many common kinks, right? Because to you know, imagination exploring, it could be like, I am totally into elbows, but it's really like you hear about some of them very frequently. Yeah, you and say know, that, like, but like, you look at history and all these different civilizations around the world wound up building pyramids. So it's not that crazy to me that a bunch of different people would like sticking things in their ass. Also, I think there's it, it's. Uh, 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 a misunderstanding of of evolution to think that every behavior is evolutionary programmed evolutionarily programmed right like like the a behavior could could be just sort of the output of a machine that was evolutionarily programmed to do lots of other things you know? right, right i mean very for true. the most part no argument. like the you know like if a foot fetish doesn't generate a child um <laughs> you Often know it, doesn't. It, it, it's it's not it's not likely to have to be directly evolutionarily anything, but if lust itself generates kids, then it might it may have like there may be a good reason to you know if you were if you were designing a species you may want to like set the lust meter all the all the way up you know just like the more lust they have the more likely they are to fuck and then have kids you know right yeah no, so, yeah, so no you you are convincing me there like let's call it any uh creative exploration of sexuality is evolutionary and then the weird shit is just what we do because we're weird well and, no, and i'm thinking no i think the weird shit is because maybe you, you want to get the genes from everybody like nature evolution doesn't necessarily care if you're super hot or not we do for whatever reasons but nature does you know as long as we're all vibrant healthy humans who can make i want to interrupt you. offspring i think that actually evolution cares more than you think it does um, there's, I saw some study a few years ago about um, uh, symmetry being beautiful. That like people, right, um, right, right. That almost regardless of what one half of your face looks like, if you flip it on its axis, it will be beautiful to people. That that like that, and and that women have um, that the the sort of optimum uh ratio of hips to waist for birthing is like if if you show heterosexual dudes uh just an outline like a what's it called silhouette of a, a woman's figure the one they will pick as the sexiest is the one that is actually optimal for passing a child oh no so i'm totally with you on both of those but all i'm saying is there are some you could ha- i i mean i may be self-defeating on my point here but i'm just saying that finding feet attractive let's right, say right. and okay, being turned good. on by them you keep coming the back chances. to feet are you trying to tell us something no, I'm not into feet. Okay. Spanking, okay, but feet, no. But I'm just saying, someone out there's got to like if feet. If you can find, if you can find feet attractive, then that means that you are maybe going to find a partner who you would otherwise reject because they are not your type. But if you're like, well, that person's got great feet, so I don't care that she's, you know, hideously ugly, or I don't mind that he uh, smells bad because, man, look at those feet. See, I went both ways. I, either but, gender can can like feet. But by the I'm same guessing. logic, as long as the food we're eating keeps us alive, we shouldn't care what it tastes like. But we do, and we seek out new and interesting combinations of flavors. Well, I would say that, we, you know, the, the we seek ev- out evolution is imperfect. Right. Yes. I mean, we could eat if, if humans, if we could do whatever we wanted, we would just eat Reese's peanut butter cups all day and not worry about it because those Wait, taste the most delicious because evolution is flawed. No, but the, well, it's not flawed. It's just it's like it, a, it's, it's a bug in the software though. Well, no, no, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a, it was software that was 
designed for humans in a in a pre-industrial society, right? Like, sure, it, right, it no, works no, very totally slowly. Before so, peanut butter cups. Yeah, it's not flawed. In, in, in if if you were you know living in a pre-agrarian society, walking around just trying to find stuff, if you found berries and they were sweet, then awesome. If you found meat and it was salty and fatty, then awesome. And if you happened to find a peanut butter cup, then <laughs> fucking would be gold awesome. mine, right? Like the the reason. No, but I'm still say I would still say that it's flawed though. Like you're, it, it made total sense at the time, but it you know computers can't still only do what computers did 20 years ago. It wouldn't work. Like if you sold a computer today, it's like yes, this has no hard drive and it doesn't connect to the internet, and you know the monitor is black and white. Like it's a functional okay, computer, well, but it is flawed contextually. Then, yeah, then contextually it's flawed. Like in this context, it's flawed. But for in the context it was designed for, it was it was just like go for it, you know. Right. I mean, like you you need all that stuff. I and and I would say, I mean, so here's my my thinking on on the kinks. I, I, again, I'm just you know I'm just making this up. But like I think it's really so. You know, Richard Dawkins has in his you know his anti-religion spiel. Um, one of the things is that it's it's that he believes religion is essentially a thought virus. That yes. that if you have if if you have a child. You oh, tell that if you I love you. I want to marry you right now. You, Continue. You tell this we're child, very uh, we're a very pro atheist show, by right. the way. So you tell the child not to jump in the water because there's alligators in there, and the child wants to jump in the water anyways, gets eaten by alligators, fucked, right? So if you tell the child not to jump in the water and it believes you, then great, it lives. And so there is there right. is a it has to, the, there's the evolutionary need to believe you so that they can survive. Right. That faith there's an evolutionary reason for faith. That doesn't mean that there's an evolutionary reason for religion. It means that there's that there's a petri dish for religion, and I would say that fetishes, yeah. there's a petri dish that that lust and 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 sexual desire are probably the petri dish for fetishes rather than the other way around. I just want to marry you right now. Don't make it weird. Is this a fetish? Is this? Are you, <laughs> yes. People talking about fetishes. He wants to stick a thermometer up your ass. Yeah. I but do. you're married, aren't you? <laughs> 